What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hi, this is Tracy Swedlow, Editor-in-Chief of Interactive TV Today and the co-producer of the TV of Tomorrow Show, which is coming up December 6th in New York City. And I am very excited to welcome... Uh, Jared Wilichinski. Uh, it was that your last name is very, very. It's always fun to pronounce Wilichinski, uh, who is vice president of video monetization and operations at CBS Interactive. Welcome to the show, Jared. Hey, Tracy, thanks for having me. Well, thrilled to have you. And um, obviously, that um, we're we wanted to point out and to find out more about you because you just won one of our. ITVT Awards for Leadership that we give away every year and not to too many people. And uh, you, it was done uh, last June at our, conference, our San Francisco conference. But I think it's a, it'd be a great opportunity to find out more about you and what, what you care about and, you know, um, your vision for things. Because people, the readers of ITVT, obviously felt that you really stood out this last year. So... Uh, tell me a little bit about you and, you know, what your hometown is and, uh, how you got to CBS, if you don't mind. Great. Um, so, uh, I, I really wish I had a long history before I got to CBS, but to, to be honest, I am still on my first job out of college. So, wow. um, born and raised at the I, uh, which is, uh, which is great. So, uh, I, I uh, grew up in half New York and half South Florida. Uh, I went to the University University of Florida and straight from there, I uh, started to work at sportsline.com in Fort Lauderdale. I didn't know it was down there in Fort Lauderdale. That was convenient. Yeah. Yeah, it all started down there. And then, you know, eventually uh, uh, CBS slash Viacom uh, bought, bought it in 2004. Uh, that was the year I started. And, you know, ever since then, you know, things have just evolved in what things have been done digitally at, at CBS or CBS Interactive. And it's just been along for the ride uh, for the last 14 plus years. That's amazing. We don't even we should never go through my job history of a myriad <laughs> of different things. Uh, well, good. All power to you. So let's um, find out more about what you actually do there. And I know I mean, you're an expert in the advertising business. Uh, you're titled Vice President of Video Monetization and Operations. That's still current, correct? Yes, still current. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, you know, mainly responsible for, you know, our video monetization strategy across uh, CBS Interactive, you know, how we go to market, um, you know, work with yield and pricing, work very closely with sales and marketing. And um, so that's kind of the video monetization uh, approach of it. And then, you know, from an operations, you know, oversee all the, the ad tech uh, vendors and stack we have in place across CBS Interactive and also support, you know, a lot of other CBS 
corporate divisions like Showtime, Pop TV, uh, Smithsonian, uh, and a slew of third-party sites that we also uh, help uh, monetize and represent as part of our portfolio. So you're basically in charge of the multi-platform delivery and monetization and management of all the advertising. Is that correct? Yes. So how many platforms are you managing at any one time? Uh, so platforms for us are very uh, high level. So we think of desktop, mobile web, mobile app, uh, OTT, connected TV, uh, and set-top box. Uh, so all of those every day, uh, 365, 24-7. And can you say the kinds of um, sort of, I mean, like what types of platforms do you use to be able to control all that data? Um, I mean, there's you know, with, with such a far reach and so many different brands that you're also managing, right? All the CBS brands. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an epic data task. Uh, but, you know, we, we are, um, you know, from an ad serving technology, CBS uh, has always been a Google shop. So we use uh, Google Ad Manager, uh, or at least recently renamed that, uh, uh, DFP. And then, uh, you know, we use tools like Conviva, ad validation. We have a whole host of tools that help automate and monitor uh, our, you know, our site experience, sales process. You know, we use Salesforce for ticketing. You know, there's there's a large traffic organization that sits in my group. Uh, so we, we kind of use the Frankenstack, as we call it, to, <laughs> to make it all. The Frankenstack. Uh, so because you have access to so much data, so many platforms, all these brands, I mean, you must start seeing some interesting trends or, you know, things that are, are standing out to you. I mean, because because you won one of our leadership awards. I mean, what what exactly did you do this last year that um, or is it more just sort of cumulative uh, leadership? You think, um, you know, that. Um, cause people to vote for you. Do you have a clue or people just like you? Yeah. It's so, um, <laughs> you know, the, the other half of my job. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm also a co-chairman of the uh, IAB digital video committee and I'm on the video leadership yes. board as well. Yes. Uh, I spent a lot of time and effort to help uh, get common standards in, you know, the digital video space, you know, common language you know, around our glossary, you know, when you say something's full episode, what does that mean? Uh, you know, things of that nature uh, and really help evangelize, you know, not only the standards or specs, but also just best practices. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you know, whether you're a, a TV network online or a game, you know, you're streaming people playing video games or you're clip based or whatever it is, you know, you know, you know, take, you know, I, I take pride and CBS takes pride in, in a user like the best user experience possible, TV like execution. It's got to work, it's got to look good. And, you know, I think I've, I've been a very vocal voice uh, everywhere, you know, at, at those industry type of meetings and which resulted in the specs that exist today around how we, you know, you know, ensure that users at the end of the day get the best experience possible. Um, I mean, we, we tried to create a glossary in the early days of um, when we started in 1998 uh, for interactive TV, but it was so hard to keep up with. And I don't know how anybody 
can do that. But I'm, you know, looking at the glossary now, it's really in-depth and interesting. I mean, that's just one part of what you're, you're doing over at IAB, but I commend that kind of work. That's, uh, that's, uh, that takes a lot of commitment. Um, but looking at the sort of challenges ahead um, being, for example, not being able to deliver across all platforms or no, that's not right, but being able to track across all platforms, where, what, what do you, what do you feel um, could happen in the next year or so? Are there any initiatives that uh, you're pushing at the IAB or are you yeah. involved with the so, ad ID people, you know, Harold Geller over there? I mean, yeah. what kinds of things can happen with SIM? Uh, you know, tell me a little bit about what you think should happen in the next year or two. Yeah, just I mean, just overall at an industry level, you know, I, I think you know the the misnomer of that you know you can't track across all platforms is somewhat inaccurate. You know, you you know it's a it should be more of a question of what exactly can you track across platforms. You know, you know when you think of you know desktop, mobile web, mobile app, OTT, set top box, um, connected TV, you know. You know, all of those things are, are are more or less IP delivered and all are built on the backbone of IAB VAST standards. And, you know, which you know, which at the end of the day, the VAST standards are, are very simple tracking events for progress. Impressions, starts, 25, 50, 75, 100% markers. Every single one of these devices can fire those. And that's and that's done through you know every day by every major ad server. Excuse me. Uh, on every mate on on all these devices now whether it's client side or server side there's different approaches and mechanisms and tactics to do it but it gets done um so you know tracking is there now you know when you start doing things like attribution tracking or audience or age and gender tracking that's where you get into some of the you can, you can't do this, the data is available there, it's available here. Can you do it in a safe privacy manner? Can you not do it in a privacy safe manner? Those are more the real conversations that are, are, uh, that are at the pain points right now versus can you, hey, did an ad run, yes or no, I got impressions and was it completed? You know, that, worked, that, that ship has sailed and has been completed for a couple of, a couple of years now. I think we're, we're, we're set on that side. It's interesting that you brought up privacy because there was a big, um, uh, there was a showing of, you know, major companies in front of the Senate this week, how, to, how they had enough time for that with the Kavanaugh hearings. I don't know about data privacy. Uh, were you, did you, did you check that out at all? Were you aware of all that? Uh, AT&T, I, uh, Charter, Twitter, Facebook, Amazon. Uh, yeah, I did That's not like follow what happened this week. Uh, as you said, it was a uh, it was a, it was a busy news week, and as uh, part of running uh, CBSN, our digital streaming or the CBS digital streaming news uh, uh, service. Uh, even though I was watching all day long, I was kind of looking at ones and zeros and reporting more than anything else. Right, right, right. Well, I'm just saying, like, obviously, privacy is a very important issue going forward still, and and data collection. So what does everybody think over at IAB I mean, in terms of being able to get the job done that you just described, right? Um, Maybe connecting data, you know, um, attribution data, which is all the rage at the moment. Uh, yeah. What what does the IAB feel about uh, how to protect people's privacy and um, our, our data I, collection standards? Because every, everybody wants access to all that data. 
Yeah, What's no, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, for the more mature platforms, you know, desktop, uh, mobile web and mobile app, you know, there are safe identifiers to use, you know, on, on desktop, you have cookies and, you know, you know, yeah, you know, I think it's pretty well standard that, you know, with privacy opt out settings, you know, even like Safari's blocking cookies, you know, the, 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 the cookie environment, uh, you, you definitely have well lit ways to opt out. Uh, and it's, you know, a lot of it's cookie based, you know, from a web, it's cookies from a lab, you know, it's primarily, you know, IDFA and iOS or advertiser identifiers on Android. Both are, are, you know, have easy opt-out paths uh, to take and, and, are, and are, are well utilized. You know, OTT gets a little bit more tricky. Um, you know, as part of the IAB work uh, that has uh, gone on recently, they put out a new OTT IFA standard, which uh, this is more of the way that the device manufacturers can generate a, 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 a privacy-safe privacy safe identifier that um that is easily opt out on and that's that has standard tracking mechanisms you know there's and, and a spec for publishers uh ad servers and device manufacturers to support um you know and that's you know starting to the major devices are all ha- are, are all have some form of a device or a, a device id for advertising that's opt out safe you opt out the id's blanked out kind of lose that tracking. I think there's definitely use of IP address uh, today, which, you know, you know, right now with no, you know, with the laws in place, at least I believe I don't necessarily infringe on stuff. Um, but, you know, it, it is in a future looking way, you know, that, that IP address not necessarily conforming to an opt out, I think is at hearts of some discussions and even some business uh, things that we hear around in the industry of, of certain, you know, device manufacturers or websites or partners or distribution endpoints um, restricting the use of IP address, which is typically a very good cater to then do, you know, cross device graphs, which then could help lead to exposure and attribution. Well, is there anything that, that um, any initiative out there that you're excited about that could sort of uh, go around that problem? Um, um, but still maintain people's privacy in any way or? Yeah, I think, you know, and I know, you know, I, I've proposed this and, and others uh, have as well in some IAB working groups around, the, you know, the notion of, you know, IP address should potentially be treated the same way as IDFA or these other ones where, you know, if a user has opted out of tracking, it shouldn't just be restricted to, you know, a, a device ID that can be reset. It should, you know. We, it should also be respected at the IP address uh, level where, you know, you drop the last octet, for example, so you don't necessarily get to that household, but still can have your standards around, you know, invalid uh, invalid traffic uh, for MRC accreditation or geotargeting where, you, you know, that last octet, you don't necessarily need to do DMA advertising. Well, and but what do you think about the... The, the various initiatives to do identifiers like that are separate from all that tags or identifiers like ad ID. Yeah. So I think ad ID, you know, you know, the way that, that, 
you know, from an IAB standpoint, when we put add ID into the spec as a universal identifier, you know, a lot of that was meant and driven off of the need around server-side ad insertion. So, you know, the, the ad ID is the unique identifier for that piece of creative, and it doesn't matter if it's at CBS or Hulu or ABC or Twitch or YouTube or wherever it happens to be in digital land, you know, that ID is, is a constant and, and is a very well-maintained identifier that has standards and processes. Um, and I think that that plays an important role in the future of digital advertising and creative distribution. I mean, do you think that it'll, that some, what needs to happen for that to get adopted? Um, by everybody. Yeah, you know, the first step is, is that, that on the digital side that people know what ad ID is. Um, you know, it's not necessarily uncommon that when you, when you bring up, Hey, just tell me your ad ideas and, you know, we could take care of it or we have it at the library. People are like, I, I don't know what ad ideas. So, I mean, there's definitely an education problem. Um, and, you know, but I do think it's starting to pick up steam, especially as server side ad insertion has, has grown tremendously in the volumes up. Um, this, uh, the identifier and once the knowledge on some of the buying side platforms and processes kind of catch up to where the TV programmers are digitally, uh, I think it'll be very common practice that ad ID will be asked responses as as universal ad ID and, and used even for just the identifier for stitching. There's a lot of good future use cases too, um, which I think are a little bit ways out around the metadata. Um, but, you know, I think the first step is just, you know, having the identifier for, for uh, SSAI. Moving to a different uh, platform that, uh, that Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Still emerging. I'm kind of curious if you guys are studying studying the potential for um sort of uh, uh ad metrics inside the ota marketplace i mean there's these you know two new platforms that just came out one from tivo one from amazon so an ota dvr so you know there are people those companies are trying to capture the local broadcast linear market um, on an interactive platform. And so it's sort of like a strange workaround. And then we have the emergence of ATSC 3.0 that is coming down the pike. So I'm just kind of curious, uh, is this too far ahead for the for what you guys are doing at the IAB, looking towards the, the local broadcast market for a whole new, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, for, uh, 
you know, at, at a pure, like, what can you do standpoint, you know, digital from a local stand for, from local has been in play for, you know, you know, from the early days, you know, geo targeting and, and getting down to local advertisers, you know, in certain things is, 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 is nothing new, at least in a digital standpoint. You have an IP address, you could get down to the zip code um, and you can execute on it. And that's from display ads from 14 years ago to, you know, OTT ads uh, on any device today. Um, anyone could do the geo-targeting. I think the, the, the local marketplace is interesting and is uh, as it's just, it's, I don't want to say it's like death by a thousand line items. You know, it's, it's <laughs> little buys here. It's little buys there. You know, I think it just, it takes a lot of manpower to potentially cover the country, you know, to fully maximize a local play. Well, all that stuff's going to be breaking out. Hopefully in the next two years, it'll be like wild, wild west. So we'll see. Um, what, what other initiatives are you involved in over there or, or maybe that's it that uh that you think has promise or that that you can talk about um so yeah i mean so we had ifa you know vast for vast 4.1 um i don't want to geek out on some of the tech stuff you know but but this high level you know the 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 latest round of vast specs was you know at the premise how do you ensure the best user experience possible? You know, and that's from, you know, server-side ad insertion becoming the official, you know, officially part of the spec and, and how to support that um, uh, uh, fully across the board where a lot of people already did in VAST 3, but VAST 4 really, you know, put specific pieces in place to make it uh, more scalable. And then VAST 4.1, um, uh, you know, the, the need for additional measurement, you know, viewability measurement and uh, verification is extremely important. You know, being transparent and being upfront is how we maintain a healthy marketplace. And you always read about ad fraud, uh, the billions of dollars wasted, you know, and I think the, the, the top uh, players in the space, you know, all, you know, even a lot of the programmatic uh, 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 participants, everyone is going towards transparency. And, but, maintaining the technology infrastructure to give a good user experience and fast 4.1 kind of uh is is what really helps push that forward where you know as a program or a publisher you get the best of playback uh and controls uh with the measurement laying on top of it instead of kind of how you know everyone bastardized the v-paid spec over the last you know eight to ten years and kind of turned it into uh, um, a Trojan horse for measurement. And that's not really what it was the des designed for. And VAST 4.1 finally addresses that and, and uh, uh, to maximize your user experience. Is everything completely programmatic oriented over at CBS or is there still no. no? No, we, uh, you know, you know, upfronts are still very important. Direct sales, you know, you know, we, we you know, whether or not certain, Paths execution or programmatic guarantee or the old here's a piece of paper and here's tags. Uh, it's primarily still the main uh, way we execute our sales inventory. Are those ones? Uh, are those methods? We're not uh, actively putting a ton of video inventory uh, into any kind of open exchanges um, as we're still doing pretty well selling it direct. So would you say it's like a like ten percent of the 
the, uh, how video is um, uh, um, advertising is sold or? I mean, overall, it's it's a huge number. Um, I would, you know, at CBS, it's not it's not up to ten percent, but in other places uh, and other situations, I it probably you know over fifty percent. Um, I'm not one hundred percent sure what if you were to take the industry as a whole, how much of it is programmatic. Even that word programmatic can mean fifty different things to fifty different <laughs> people. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Um... I mean, I know we wanted to sort of steer away from uh, doing something specific to CBS, more about the industry in general. Any other observations that you have uh, of how the ad industry could change or improve, in your opinion, other than... Um, uh, one of the big things that's just a pet peeve of mine uh, from improving <laughs> are audio standards. You know, broadcast television has the Com Act, which, you know, mandates that advertising and content must be at the same audio level. Um, digital does not have such a standard. And um, I can just tell you from personal experience, um, you know, at, at least at CBS, we, we absolutely try to adhere the best we can to that notion of having a good audio experience uh, and not blowing out your speakers or waking up a six-month-old or any of those kind of things. Yeah, that, um, that happens a lot. It? It, it does. And it's unfortunate. And, you know, it's it's something that is something we need to fix if we're going to start, you know, thinking like the TV of tomorrow. We have to we have to act like the TV of today. You know, the, it's almost like you need a setting in the beginning that says uh, when you turn on your TV or when you do your settings, uh, you know, do you want your audio to be the same level? Do you want it to be for your advertising louder because I know I get accused of having um, obviously being deaf because somehow all of a sudden the TV has gone on really loud, you know, during these advertisements and then sometimes the sound doesn't go back to where you had it set before. Anyway, we're actually very interested in um, audio uh, ourselves. Uh, we may be doing it for the next show as well coming up in New York, but that's a, uh, it's interesting that you have that that's on your agenda. Uh, yeah, that from an, I, an IAB standpoint, it's definitely, you know, keeping to, you know, the minus 24 LPS plus or minus two, you know, for your average decibels and then, you know, your peaks. And it's, uh, there are no standards in digital and, you know, a lot of, uh, it's, it's always a fight whenever we uh, push back on, on ads and we're the only, you know, CBS is the only ones doing it. Um, uh, but we care, we check and, you know, we, we do hold those standards just because, what no one wants to wake up a six month old or you know have a bad experience so um, another topic uh and i know i mean it's it's probably somewhere on the agenda of the iab uh, i know it's important and and uh is uh, whether or not the ads are interactive on the different platforms whether you you know whether there's a uh something you can click on whether it's in, you know there's interactivity on a youtube delivered ad I mean, to what extent um is interactivity important or unimportant across different platforms? Is that is that on your radar at all? Is that yeah, a- it's I mean it's something that you know from an IB standpoint, you know we, we definitely try to promote that you know you, you you can always do these kind of interactive elements on desktop, on mobile, on OTT. You know there are some really good vendors out there that can help partner with advertisers and. And, and programmers to, to execute these. And we've seen a lot of interesting 
executions and case studies done at the IB that that show that they're effective um, and they drive interest and brand lift uh, um, increases. And you know, you could really do a lot of great things with them from it being interactive and it doesn't always necessarily have to be truly interactive. It could be a smart overlay. So it can be a movie ad or an auto ad and you know the, the overlay can just simply say you have, here's your local uh, show times you know, within two miles or here's the dealerships within two miles and it doesn't even have to be interactive. It just makes it more relevant to the user that's watching it and that spot could just be the national spot. Um, so those, you know, and then you have folks like Truex, uh, that are doing more engagement driven advertising and giving, you know, rewarding users by giving less ads, you know, all those, uh, interesting experiments, you know, especially from the IB standpoint, you know, are definitely top of mind and, and talked about in all of our uh, quarterly meetings. Are you guys doing a lot of thinking about uses of ACR, um, good and bad or good and Controversial, I should say. Controversial. Um, yeah, I mean, ACR, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's it's a great data set. Um, you know, you, you know what that uh, home is potentially watching um, and you get data on it. And, you know, you know, with, you know, of course, with the IP tied to it, you could potentially start getting into attribution and things of that nature. Um, and then you get the flip side of, of, you know, potentially dynamic ad insertion with ACR technology and, and, and being able to do, you know, create a versioning based on data in that home or region or time of day or, you know, things of that nature, um, you know, or just full on dynamic ad replacement. I think it's, a, it's the early days for a lot of those techniques. Um, but you know, there's there's always going to be testing and learning, especially in that technology. I think as you know, opt-ins have gotten clearer and understanding it. You know, it's 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 an interesting approach to tackling uh, the TV set outside of you know when you don't have a Roku or something plugged into it. What's uh, what's the sort of number one thing you'd like to see change for the better in your you know, in the work that you do? Um, that's a great question. Um, things aren't submitted the day before Q4 uh, and you get like a hundred orders coming in in two hours to execute in two day uh, in two minutes. Uh, <laughs> that's just a good old sales problem. That's, that's not a fun one. Um, you know, honestly, I think one of the biggest things I'd love to see is just you know, the education on all sides to understand what it takes to do digital video at scale right. You know, this comes down to, you know, you're running a full episode, you know, stack that has a great user experience. It has a great advertising experience. You know, you never want to see three Ford ads in a row in a break, or you don't want to see it more than once in an episode, and you don't want to see Ford, Buick, and Toyota in the same break, you know all those different tactics and understandings and controls on just VOD, uh, you know, you know, people just, just under knowing that what it takes or even to stream a Super Bowl, you know, that's been being planned on since the day after NBC, you know, their broadcast ended, we were on the clock. We're all like met the next day. And, you know, we've been talking every, you know, nonstop since then. Uh, and CBS's turn is in February with uh, Super Bowl 53, you know, to pull that off correctly, it's, you know, it's not just, oh, here's my tag, put my stuff in, and, and it's just going to work. 
kind of stuff. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes, just like I've seen at broadcast tele, you know, broad, uh, broadcast. When I go visit my counterparts um, on the linear side, I'm just amazed at you know what it takes to get it up and get it running. Um, uh, so I think when people say we're going to be fully programmatic or fully data driven in two years, you know, that's that's I don't think that's a full understanding of what it takes to to run these businesses right. Uh, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done still. Any insight into um, the types of ads across all these platforms and all these brand, brands? Like any, I mean, I, you you must see like the kinds of ads or the types of campaigns that work really well. Any any sort of like insider secrets you got? <laughs> no, they always see every single thing you could think of uh, that that turns up. I wouldn't say you know one thing is better than another. They're all great advertising. Okay, I just—I thought maybe you'd give me like a super secret so that we could. Uh... No, all of our all of our advertising is fantastic. We love our partners. There's not one that's better than the other. They're all great. <laughs> all right. Well, I—I I can't think of anything more. I think that um, sounds good. Uh, sounds like you're very busy delivering advertising at scale. Uh, that's a major, major job. I mean, um, you're probably dealing with like what? Mil, uh, millions of pieces of data a day, I would assume, all on, into some kind of dashboard. Yeah, we, you know, between, you know, our, our ad serving data, our, our quality of service data, you know, there are definitely a lot of, you know, a lot of data applications we have from, from dashboards to BigQuery to SQLs to, you know, a lot of automated reports. You know, and it's kind of, you know, it's a little bit arts and science. You know, we always say, you know, reading the matrix. You know, I think I have them up to four screens in my office. You know, and it's always, there's always data somewhere floating around. And it's kind of, you know, understanding, you know, what's going on at any given moment. And, you know, trying to stop the bad advertising, you know, the bad broken ads from showing or optimizing campaigns to, have better completion rates or viewability or better, you know, backend KPIs via other data. I mean, there's so many different, you know, we, we you know, we, we have like a data lake and how you, where you go in that data lake. Uh, um, you got to know what you're looking for to get it. Unfortunately. My mind is spinning about this. Okay. All right. Uh, I think that's probably <laughs> it for me. I can't imagine watching all that data all day. That'd be, that'd be, uh, oh. uh, well, thank you so much, Jared. I really appreciate it. And, of course. Um, you know, uh, obviously we we look to see more of what's going on um, over there at CBS and also at the IEB because the IEB is certainly uh, pushing the industry forward. And uh, we commend all the serious work that goes on in there all the time with all the different committees. Great. And yeah. your leadership. So congratulations again. And... Um, and Jared is the Vice President of Video Monetization and Operations at CBS Interactive. Thanks, Tracy. Thank you, Jared. All right. This is uh, Tracy Swedlow, and hopefully you'll go to itvt.com to find out more and to see all of our winners over the years actually listed at tvotshow.com slash awards, I think is the URL. Uh, and that's it. Thanks so much. Thank you.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.